Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 11, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're Chris and Kim, and today we have an interview with Adam DeCalibus. And he found us on uh, iTunes, I think. The internet? Yeah, so he must have been digging pretty deep. But he found us and reached out and wanted to come on the show. And we... We are the highest rated podcast named Adventure for Good. <laughs> We're the only one yet, exactly. But <laughs> Thank you for explaining my joke. <laughs> That's and, how you know it's a good joke. Yeah, anyway. He's an author, just wrote a book called Caravan that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. And he talks a lot about traveling and just some of his experiences. So we were excited to talk with him and hope you all enjoy this episode. You can also find information about him. We have all of the links to his website and everything on our website, adventureforgood.com. And you can also find pictures and stuff that we post on Instagram and Facebook under Adventure for Good, the number four. Let's go get into that interview. Let's do it. All right, here we are on our very first remote interview with uh, Adam DeCalibus, uh, author who reached out to us, found us on iTunes. It must have been digging really deep in the, <laughs> yeah. in the search results, page, what, 50? But yeah, he wanted to come on and talk about a book that he's got coming out here in a couple of weeks, uh, a travel memoir slash nonfiction, kind of fiction-y. So we'll let him do all of the... It is? No. Yeah. Kind of. It's a fiction. It's a Historical fiction. fiction. Historical fiction. So there's some truth in there. <laughs> This is why we didn't want to talk about the book side of it. We're focusing on the travel side of it. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll let him plug that a little bit later. But Adam, thanks for coming on. And looks like maybe you just got out of the out of the surf somewhere in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say uh, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. And uh, I'm super, super happy you guys are having me on. Uh, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm on the north shore of Hawaii in Oahu, looking out at the coast as I talk to you guys. So, no, this is a this is a great interview. So, thank you so much. Oh, not a problem at all. I think maybe a little jealous ourselves, but we don't yeah. have a whole lot to complain no. about. We're sitting in Chile in front of a volcano. Uh, so, I think it's oh, wow. pretty even. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I guess maybe maybe take us. Uh, how how did you wind up in Hawaii? Are you are you do you work there now? Do you live there? How What's the what's the current situation? Well, I I live and work in California, uh, but right now I'm just visiting with the family. Okay, and you recently started a publishing company and are publishing a book. How maybe those two go together in some way, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the publishing company is called Third Line uh, Publishing. And uh, it's, you know, contrary to what most people think, it's not an actual publishing house. We don't have a roof or anything. It's just a company that's uh, publishing the book Caravan. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got going on right now. And I'm writing a lot of short stories and uh, staying busy. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Caravan is a, it's a historical fiction, as I tried to say earlier and messed it up. <laughs> 
But <laughs> it was it was born out of your love for travel, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the book is historical fiction, and there's a, a whole lot of different influences. But I won't I won't go too much into the influences of what inspired it, as far as the literary side. But uh, on my own end, what inspired it was traveling. And I was talking to uh, somebody the other day, and they said that I've been traveling out of the state since I was about four. And since then, I've spent a lot of time in South America, actually. I've been to Argentina, Brazil, and uh, a lot of countries down there. And so from a very young age, there was a lot of moving, and I'd always gotten to see a lot of different cultures, a lot of different people, and the way that things were done, uh, as well as the different languages. So from a very young age, I got to see a good, not not all of the world, but a good slice of uh, what life was like outside of the States. And there was this sense of newness and possibility that just inspired me to write it, and I thought it would be something worth putting down. And That's how, awesome. Yeah. How, when you started traveling at four, I imagine that wasn't solo travel. How, what was <laughs> what was sort of the... That would be amazing, the, though, right? <laughs> yeah. What, what was the driver behind that at, at such a young age? So my mom is originally from Buenos Aires, Argentina. And when I was really young, we uh, traveled a lot down there to see, to visit family and to visit the country. While we were down there, we would just go to hop over to other countries and, yeah, got a lot of traveling in that way for sure. So it was a, it was a family thing. It would have been crazy if it was a solo trip. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I have a lot of really good memories from down south. And I can see why you guys are traveling down there. It's just an absolutely beautiful slice of the world. Are you fluent in Spanish? I'm not. I'm not fluent, fluent, but uh, just enough to get myself out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> or into it. Yeah. As the case yeah, may be in, at times. In, yeah, in or out of trouble, but uh, I try to stay out of trouble. <laughs> so after traveling at that age, did you were you sort of hooked on it, and did it start to influence your life as you as you grew up? Definitely, definitely. I remember just waiting for the next trip back to Argentina or, or down to South America because I loved the exposure to the different culture and the, the languages and, of course, the food. If you if you have been to uh, Argentina, you know the asados over there. The cooking can almost kill you. You can yeah. eat so much. We haven't but been there yet, if, but it's coming up. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, if it's if it's next on your trip, watch out for the asados. It's oh. And the empanadas. Everything is just delicious. So, uh, yeah, so as well as the food, as you may have heard, that's what got me hooked, as well as the the different cultures and just the whole whole feeling of seeing how, you know, there are these people that are just like you that are on the other side of the world, and this is the way they do things. This is how they speak. This is how they cook. This is how they enter their home. And there's just something extremely fascinating about that that uh, stuck with me. Since then, I've, I've done some traveling on my own, went a little bit to Europe and a little bit to Russia, and I'm definitely hooked for life on traveling. What is the craziest place that you have spent a night during your travels? Oh, craziest place. Or most memorable experience. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Well, let me think about that. Oh, well, I've spent, uh, I spent a night... I did this earlier this year. I was I took the train from Moscow to a city in the center of Russia called Kazan, and I, I took the train all the way there uh, overnight. And I would say spending the night on the train was was pretty different. It was a pretty different experience. That was pretty memorable. And it was crazy because the inside of the train, it's not like trains in the States where it's almost like an airplane where the seats are facing forward. 
it kind of looks like a booth at a diner. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you get in, you know, the, the seats are, are, are like that. And when it's, uh, you know, when it gets nighttime and everybody starts getting ready for bed, it turns into uh, bunk beds. So bunk beds come down from the sides and the seats turn into beds. And I thought that was a really interesting experience. It turned from uh, like a like a diner on wheels to like a like a ship. (laughs) Yeah, that is fascinating. And how how long were you traveling around Russia for? Uh, I traveled there for about a month. I I took the train, like I said, to Kazan, and then I stayed in Kazan and just visited. I guess maybe one one thing that would be of interest to people is your ability to travel around, you know, Russia for a month, and assuming other places as well. We you mentioned to us that you're in Hawaii for ten days, and then you're heading back. So, what is it that that allows you to be able to to do that? You know, I'm relatively young age seemingly similar to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things is that the, the business of being a writer, there's a lot of flexibility to it. It'd be a whole lot different, uh, different if I was working retail where I'd have to be in a particular spot. So even though I'm in Hawaii, I'm able to get some work done. And even while I was in Russia, I was able to work as well. So there's a lot of flexibility while I travel. So I can choose whether it's going to be a vacation or family time or if I want to travel and work. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense, and it's nice to have a career, I guess, that gives you that flexibility. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why writing is so attractive to me, is that uh, flexibility, being able to work and function from almost anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and has has a lot of your writing been influenced by your travels, or is it is it not so yes, much? Yes, yes. Uh, one of the things that I put into the book that I tried to emphasize was feeling of newness and strangeness that I always get when I go to a, a really different country. And I try to, even while I'm traveling, if I notice, you know, a, a particular thing with the locals, I try to memorize that. So, yeah, while I'm while I'm traveling, I'm I'm like a sponge. I'm constantly soaking in everything. I'm soaking in the history, the culture, you know, the way uh, parents interact with their children and vice versa. And you know, do people go out for picnics? I'm like a a literal sponge. So yeah, a lot of it inspires me to write. I think that the different cultures in the world and the the different ways of doing things is just, it's its a real blessing to humanity. I, I really get a, a kick out of it. Yeah, because every place is a little different. Or the way something works where you're from can be totally different somewhere else, and you would never have thought that that even was possible until someone thought about doing it that way, right? So, uh, right. It's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it comes down to something as as simple as uh, uh, as chopping wood, like you think, like in Russia. Now I don't know if everybody does this over there, but uh, I went out to what they call as a uh, a dacha, and that's a it's like a small vacation house that they have outside of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, outside of the city, where they go uh, in the summertime, and usually there's a small little farm, or it's by the river, and they also have this house that's like a it's like an extremely, extremely hot and dry sauna. So they go, you know, and they go in the sauna and they, they go in the river. It's like a vacation home. And I was there with, with some friends and we were building the fire to uh, heat up the sauna. And one of the friends said, okay, you know, chop the wood like you normally do. I'll chop it like I do. And so, you know how you swing the ax downwards and it, you know, it splits the wood and it's normal. Well, the way I saw uh, my friend do it is he chopped it in a little bit. Uh, just the blade into the wood a little bit. Then he turned the blade of the axe upside down so the wood is pointing up, and he was tapping the back of the axe against another piece of wood 
to bring the wood down against the blade. Ah. And believe it or not, it's actually pretty effective. So there's just a whole, there's like thousands of little things that can separate cultures and make things more interesting that you can memorize. Another interesting thing that I, I heard of while I was in Russia is that I'm not sure, you know, what the story was as far as the political situation, but I heard that there, one of the ways that they found out somebody was a spy was because of which dish they ate first at dinner. So they had some soup, they had some uh, like a salad, and then they had uh, like some meat with with something else. And because the guy started eating his soup first, they could tell that he was uh, from a different part of the country or they were basically able to root him out as a spy because of what he ate first. Hmm. Uh, Because like the culture in that area, everyone always started with the same main course that you start with, Right. right? Yeah. So they all started with the soup and he immediately went for the for the meat. And that was an, uh, an immediately a red flag for everybody except for him. And when you think about it, you think, wow, that's like you would never think of that happening uh, where you live. But, yeah, it's just little things like that. I, I love them. It's just fascinating. So when you when you're traveling, do you oftentimes get to stay with locals and travel with local local people? Or are you going from hotel to hotel and or are you able to immerse yourself a little more? I stay with Airbnb, so you get a little bit of the feeling of of the local feeling. But I do a little both. I do a little bit of both. While I travel, I like to see the sites and and go on the tours and stuff like that. But I also like to see the local side of the city or the culture and uh, stray away from where the tourists are going and see see both sides because I think that definitely exists in any culture. Even here in the states, you go to uh, like even Los Angeles, you can see you know like Sunset Boulevard, and then you go to other parts. And yeah. I like to I like to see the whole city and really and really soak it in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's pretty similar to us. We do some of the touristy things, but we also like to see the the way the locals live. Yeah. And, and so, I guess, what is the, the story basis for Caravan, and, and was it inspired by an experience you had, or, or was it just born out of your imagination? Well, I, I thought of the original idea while I was traveling, but the... The premise for the story didn't come out of any uh, personal experience that I had, but that inspiration that I get every time I travel was definitely the kick in the butt that got me to start writing it. It was it was the the that new feeling that I get while I travel that got me into writing the book, uh, as well as just seeing the different culture. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't a a particular experience that I had that inspired me to write it. Can you give a quick synopsis, I guess, of what the book is about? Sure thing. So Caravan is about a man from England who travels across the Sahara to take pictures of the culture and of the desert and of the people. And while he's there, he becomes extremely fascinated with the desert and the remoteness of the desert. And this is because up until this point in his life, he's never had a lot of freedom over his life. He's never had a lot of control over his choices. And now that he's separated from his old way of life and all the forces that were controlling him, he's able to look at his life with a completely new perspective and decide uh, whether he's going to stay in the desert and live the life that he wants to live or whether he's going to fall back into the life that he's been living. Wow. Hmm. Sounds really interesting. And I'm excited to read it when it's (laughs) published, which will be in just a couple of weeks when this is published. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I guess with the the freedom that you have, as you mentioned, as an author, what's on the on the list coming up next for you in terms of 
Where do you want to go? What do you want to see next? What's what's next on the experience list? Ooh, uh, as far as traveling, I've always wanted to go to uh, East Asia, either to China or Vietnam, and see what it's like over there. The the farthest I've been east, ta- you know, speaking from the United States, is Russia. But I've always wanted to either see North Africa, whether it be Morocco or Turkey, or China or Vietnam, somewhere over there for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are on our list too, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Someday. And 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 I have a question for you guys. What is the tour you guys are doing? Where did you start and uh where is where are you guys going? We yeah, we started in Ecuador and we were there for a month and then we were in Peru for about a month, just shy of a month. Then we headed down to Bolivia for 99 days for 99 days for for wow for about nine weeks well no i'm sorry no for over three months yeah three months and then we know that because of visa requirements (laughs) that we broke that we broke by nine days yeah um and then yeah now we're down in chile and argentina traveling around until may yeah we'll be back and forth in different parts of chile and argentina from now until may And we've been going kind of slowly and spending a lot of time in one place. So we haven't seen a lot of each country. We tend to spend quite a bit of time in each location that we're at. So it's been fascinating to understand more of the local culture that way. That's legit because you're able to, uh, yeah, like you said, you're able to soak in everything. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. And. Uh, as I came across your guys' story, I was thinking, man, you guys sound so interesting. I'd like to interview you. You know, you guys are the, you know, your story is so interesting. You'd be worth interviewing. <laughs> yeah, but I think, too, I mean, it sounds like, again, you've traveled a fair amount yourself. And it's it's always fun to catch up with people who are like-minded. So Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're really excited that you reached out. And I had a couple other questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sure. Just kind of fun ones. Can you describe what are your favorite dishes that you've eaten while traveling? I know that you mentioned some of the food in Argentina is amazing. I'm sure you've had other things, but is there something that is really, like, you can't wait Mm. to try again? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I have two dishes that I would literally kill for any time of the year if they had it in the States. One, I I don't know what it's called in Russian, but it's referred to as Georgian pizza. Okay. And... It's this kind of pizza where you know how a regular pizza, there's the the bread on the bottom, and then there's the cheese on top. Well, then they put bread on top again, and it's not super thick. It's really thin, but they they the way that they cook the crust on the top and the bottom, it just breaks away almost like a croissant, and it's really cheesy and it's really really good. That sounds delicious. Yeah, that and uh, this other Georgian food called uh, hinkali, which. It's it's really interesting the way it looks because it, uh, the texture of it it's like a ravioli, but it looks like a friend uh, like a chef's hat turned upside down. So even the way uh, you know like even with the wrinkles it's it's shaped like that upside down. Uh-huh. And inside inside like the pouch there's like a mixture of soup and beef. Hmm. So the way you eat it is you bite a little hole into the side, you drink the soup, and then you you eat the beef and then you eat the whole thing. It's kind of similar to the saltania in Bolivia. They yeah. they have a pocket uh, pastry type thing that with like a soup inside as well. And oh, wow. some of our favorites. I, yeah. Yep. I think anything in the world that's like a 
dough filled at something is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, same, same. And yeah, that, that Georgian pizza, I, I have a good story for that one. And the reason why I love that one uh-huh. is because one day where I was staying, I was staying at the top floor of the apartment building and on the top floor, there were no windows on the sides of the walls, but there were skylights. So one day we open up all the skylights and we go out for a drive to go uh, sightseeing. And when we get back, it's raining. Oh no. And yeah. And it completely goes, uh, it doesn't cross my mind until we're walking up the stairs and all of us gasp. Oh no, we left the skylights open. So we open up the apartment door and there's about an inch and a half of water everywhere and everything just got soaked. Luckily not the computers or anything or anything important or, or the passports, but the floor was soaked. And so we spent about the next three or four hours grabbing all the sheets and all the blankets, sopping up all the water. And by the end of it, we were exhausted. And by the time we were done, we decided, okay, we're going to order the the Georgian pizza and the hinkali, and that was one of the best memories I ever had of eating that particular pizza. It was it was better than if it was on a five star restaurant. It was perfect. Yeah, just because you had had a frustrating day, so you were excited to have that nice <laughs> nice food at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. That yeah, that was just great. And 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 all your travels, has there been a time? that you've met somebody from either from the country you're in or maybe another traveler that has continued to impact your life or really impacted your life at the time? Tough, mm. tough question. I know I'm just, I was just like, you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's always fun. Like when we meet people and we think, Oh, this person will probably be in our life for a while or, or it, they're not, but it, you know, the time that they were was very, you know, deep and meaningful for whatever short period of time that was. You know, I would definitely, yeah, there are definitely uh, people that I've met. There weren't any that had a, a really uh, deep impact, but God, you can meet some really interesting characters while you travel. I'm sure you can you can confirm this, but there are some people that I look at them or I, or I, or I interact with them. I think, wow, this person's a, a character in and of themselves that I could include in a story. And I've, yeah, for sure. I've met a lot of interesting people, but I wouldn't say that there's anyone in particular that uh, still has impacted my life. Yeah. Yeah, I guess as as far as being a writer, that must be fascinating. Is meeting all these different people and then thinking of characters, right, in your stories. That I didn't think about it that way because we're not writers. So that would be <laughs> yeah, that no, would be cool, though. Good. Yeah, yeah. And you and when you start talking to some people, and I'm sure you guys experience this uh, even more because you guys are traveling for even longer. But people, there are so many interesting stories, and this is something I, I firmly believe is that everybody. You know, no matter where you go in the world, you go to South America, you know, to Chile, where you guys are, you go to Russia or, or to Asia or Morocco or wherever, you're going to meet people that have had interesting experiences that could inspire stories or movies or, or whatever it be. And, yeah, there's interesting people wherever you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever felt while you're traveling, have you been, a, I guess, have you ever felt unsafe in a situation? Uh, yeah, there have been, you know, not not the entirety of the time, but there have been some pretty sketchy times. I remember uh, more specifically when I was young in Argentina, where I was told, you know, not to talk, you know, not because I was being annoying or anything, but because I couldn't speak English. So if they heard the English, that would just single us out. And, you know, there was sure, you know, to be a robbery or something. But in one time, I, I remember uh, we actually got robbed in Argentina. We weren't there, but uh, somebody tried to break into the house that we were staying at. But there weren't any you know, prolonged periods that were associated with the country or anything like that. 
But uh, yeah, for sure, for sure, there have been some sketchy moments, but for the most part, my travels have been been safe. I'm I'm uh, I'm blessed. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, the thing we keep telling ourselves is that a lot of times I feel unsafe in parts of the states as well. So it's yeah. it's just the traveling around the world in general. There's places you feel safe and places that you'd rather not stay there very long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like I was talking about with the interesting people being everywhere. It's uh it's just a part of human nature. There's, you know, places all over the place where it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. Is there is there something anything in particular that you wanted to share that you were hoping we'd ask that we didn't ask and and then maybe yeah, share where people are going to be able to find the book and, and and find you. And find you. Yeah, if they want to learn more. Sure. Well, uh, one thing I, I wanted to cover that you know, could give your listeners some value, and I'm not sure whether you covered this or not, so yeah, I'm taking a risk here, but I'd love to hear what inspired you to start traveling in South America. What was the deciding moment that pushed you over the edge from it being a fantasy to actually buying the tickets and, and committing? Um, I'd say, we talked a little bit about this, but not in detail, I don't think. Um, oh, okay. Awesome. We had the opportunity we were lucky enough, I should say, to travel quite a bit in college. And our first experience was studying abroad in Australia. And that was an extremely eye-opening experience for both of us. And we were both, like, hooked. Like, okay, we need to see more of the world. Like, this is amazing. And that was the start of it. And we decided after college to start working for a little while to save up money and pay off loans and all of that stuff. But... Last year, we made a decision that if we wanted to do some serious travel, 2018 was going to be it. Otherwise, mm. we would just keep pushing it off and pushing it off. So mm. uh, that's what happened. We just decided last year that we needed to go for it. Did I miss something? Do you have anything to add? No, I think other than you know, we also did quite a bit of volunteer work in university uh, with Engineers Without Borders, and that gave us a little more exposure to traveling in some of the, the developing parts of the world. Yeah. You know, parts of Panama, parts of Bolivia, Ecuador, that kind of thing. And so we knew we wanted to also volunteer while we traveled, so we've been mixing our volunteering with our our travel and our tourism, so getting a little bit of everything. Yeah. Legit? Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so, so yeah, I'll... Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, so where are people able to find more about you, maybe more of your writings, and, and also when when Caravan comes out? Sure thing. So uh, the best place to find me is on Instagram at Adam DeCaldis. Just get the spelling from the show notes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Adam DeCaldis on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, the best place you can find me in my writing is at my blog, thirdlionstories.com. And me and a couple authors, we put short stories on there of all sorts of fiction. We write in suspense, horror, thriller, and we even have poetry up there for the, for the poetry lovers. Be sure to check that out. And we do uh, monthly giveaways for books. You can also find Caravan up there. And so Caravan should be coming out in just a couple weeks of when this is published. And yeah, that's where you can find me and find more of my writing. Great. And awesome. all of that will be in the show notes. And we'll have links to everything. Yes. I have one really quick question, and before we wrap up, I know we already finished, but are you planning to write more travel stories, literature, in the future, do you think? Is that your plan? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love one thing I definitely want to uh, set aside probably six months to do is to travel to a particular country and just soak in everything so I can I can just write about the particular country and the story and, and frame a good story about that. So for sure, definitely, I'd, I'd love to uh, travel and write. Great. Well, I think I think maybe when that book comes out, we'll have you back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> And by the way, thanks so much for for having me on. I know we're making a little bit of a of a crossover between uh, travel and literature. Hey, no. So I That's really right. appreciate you guys being flexible. No, it's it's fun to to meet people doing fun things in the world, and and really this podcast is as much for us as it is for listeners, and it is for you. So yeah, and it's, it's fascinating to meet people doing approaching travel differently and yeah. uh, than we are too. So I I'm happy for the crossover actually. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Well, and in, I guess until the next book comes out, maybe we'll let you go get back in the surf. And uh, yeah, thanks we'll... so much for your time and for reaching out. We really appreciate it and had a wonderful time chatting. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Have a good one. You too. <laughs>